Today, I'm sharing an interview I did with Dr. Hima. We discussed all things exercise, especially over the age of 50. It was such a fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Are you struggling to keep your head above water and brushing aside how you physically feel? You know you need to do something to feel better, but what? Nothing's working and you're about to give up. I hear you. I'm Jolene, a nutritional therapy practitioner, a wife and a furry guardian. Like you, I let my work and everything else get in the way of health, often chasing skinny instead of health until I learned how the body works. Welcome to Holistic Health Made Simple, where I share all the tips, tricks, and science to set you free from the overwhelm of diet culture and frustration with the ever-changing health rules, going beyond the calorie and diet dogma to equip you to be healthy through simple changes to food, mindset, and lifestyle. If you're ready to stop spinning your wheels and learn how to feel better with changes that work for you, results that are undeniable like more energy, improved mood, better sleep, and fat loss, this is the podcast for you. Pop in those headphones, take a deep breath, and let's get healthy. Hello. Welcome to Dr. Hema. Please introduce yourself and tell the audience what you do, and then we'll, we'll dive into all the exercise and fun stuff that a lot of us in our middle age don't like to do, but we really need it. Yeah, thanks, Jolie. No one likes to do exercise. Just a factoid there, a simple fact of life. Um, yeah, so I'm Dr. Hema, and I... Uh, help women over 50 who have pain issues to get rid of their pain. I've been doing that for over 20 years. I do that online through a combination of uh, assessment, determining what the individual needs and what's missing in their life. And so I supply them with a few easy ways to put that back in, whatever that may be for each individual is completely different. So it could be exercise, it could be nutrition, it could be movement, it could be um, just stress management, um, it could be sleep. So just depending on what vector I find from their assessment, online. So basically a lot of happy clients later, uh, women over 50 have a, a big social circle. Their activities are you know, kind of combined with their social circle. So if you miss out because you've got an injury, you've got pain, you've got knee pain, shoulder pain, hip pain, whatever you may be, you're just missing out on life and they're miserable. So I get rid of that, get them back into the game and they're off to the races. Awesome. So how did you get started in this? I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I'm an aerospace engineer by training, and I wow. <laughs> I have a PhD in aerospace engineering. I uh, was um, working in the field, and uh, I still am. The point being is that at some point, I realized you know stress management was great if I did run or whatever activities I wanted to do. Found out that you know sometimes you can get pain issues from just picking yourself up and running and not doing any kind of proper or dealing with any kind of issues that come from running or looking at your uh, whole picture, what you're doing. So to deal with those pain issues, I figured out ways to solve those myself. I did the traditional methodology, you know, went to a gym, tried to get all kinds of help of uh, fitness professionals to try to do it. And also I did the usual route of, you know, when you're saddled with pain, they send you to all kinds of people, physiotherapists, chiropractors, and I think that's, I had a physiotherapist and a massage therapist actually in that group. Um, so basically, you know, these are the specialized people who deal with, uh, that's their, that's their thing. They deal with those kinds of issues, pain issues or whatever's ailing you physically, they will look at it and, and figure out a strategy to help you. Um, and I found that their methodologies would be band-aid fixes um, at the time. And this is all very specific to the people I went to and the whatever treatment they have. This is not no general statements here. But 
basically the platform that I was sent on to get the help to recover and to get back into my game. And so that was also a very first aha moment, you know, people who are saddled with some kind of an offset of pain, their physical thing will suffer. And then, you know, the whole reason for doing that was so I can get, you know, some steam out and so I can be more productive at work. I mean, the end goal for everyone is, as I said before, it's not exercise, not an end in itself, it's a path too. And so, you know, we're all stressed out with all kinds of stuff, different people for different strokes for different people. Um, and you just want to get off whatever's ailing you out, you know, into the, into the space and then just get back into the game, get on the saddle and get going with your day serve the world the way you want to and just be a happy camper. But um, so when you're saddled with pain, that doesn't really happen. So what I did was through the course of just self uh, study and analysis and starting to take some courses and trying to figure out what the physiology, the anatomy, the human kinetics, the motion, the movement analysis, just study as much as I could from pe reputable people figured out what was the real deal in terms of education and where I could get it. So I just did that and slowly just built up my credentials and um, solved my problems first, discovered uh, what that was, what what was missing, um, what I needed to do and have that knowledge base. And then I realized that of course, once activity struck, that might come back. And so when it did reoccur, I was able to solve my problems. Then I said, okay, well, this is actually modality because I could see my friends undergoing the same routine with the same kind of um, a Ferris wheel type of approach that I went through. And I thought this, you know, I've got to put a kibosh in this. I got to put a pin in and figure out if I can solve serving uh, these clients and this whole demographic of people who ate kind of undercut by the fitness industry at the time. I mean, now there's all kinds of aging programs and blah, blah, blah. But at the time I was doing this, you know, like 80s, 90s, um, early 2000s um uh, you know as I was trying to build up my repertoire solve the problem and then help my friends there was no formalized uh training for trainers to uh really address the issues of this particular demographic of women over 50 who have pain issues not from aging but from activity so that's a little uh kind of um, a niche market in itself it's not an aging issue it's a issue because these although they could be related but mostly it was because it, it ferreted out issues because they were active so horseback riding golfing tennis whatever you know walking the dog just being active and doing all the things they would do ferreted out pain issues that needed to be addressed so they could get back in the game and and you know their mental health mm -hmm. would not suffer so that's my short story so I developed the credentials developed a fitness business um, and then, you know, helped women. And now hundreds of clients later, I see that this is a real need. And so, you know, that's how that developed. Awesome. No, it, it's definitely a real need. And it's funny because I, I obviously never heard your backstory. And I'm finding there's more and more of us who pivoted our careers later in life because we needed to find something that wasn't there and help those that were before us. Like, you know, we, I worked in a very stressful career. I mean, obviously aerospace is incredibly stressful and not, well, oftentimes we're not told to take care of ourselves the way that we need to at that time. Um, so I always find that those that made that pivot because of something in their past are way more passionate about what they do. Um, so I love, love that whole part of it. And um, yeah, definitely those that are active so much 
of aging or aches and pains that we get when we can do, we used to be able to do things and we can't now, is chalked up to aging, but is it really aging? Or is it just, they don't wanna be bothered with us because they think we're older. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. It, it is a huge proportion of the population. And I hate to refer to a, an iconic thing, but I noticed this in the Golden Bachelor the other day um, that uh, that new demographic that they're addressing uh, these women came to talk about their thing. And one of the refrains I heard from each, I mean, it's comical because people sit down and watch and all of this, but underneath that comedy, you will, a professional like myself, whose demographic is this, uh, who wants to seek always to understand all aspects of it so that I can serve my clientele better, heard a refrain from those women who came at the end and said, we are not going to be ignored anymore. And that each woman, when they were interviewed or, you know, or had the opportunity to speak, I could hear this refrain as a chorus from them all saying, you know, we feel unattended to in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, our families attend to us as a placeholder of a thing, but we are people too. And I heard that refrain. So that, that, that was funny because that really echoed with, or um, just kind of, uh, really meshed with my kind of motto, which is why I started the business was that I felt, and I was a lot younger at the time when I started this, but still <laughs> felt that the female demographic, like forget the age group. I mean, now things are different. So I'm not going to comment today's, but when I was developing all of this, like the eighties, nineties, and into the, into the two thousands, um, especially in the nineties, there was a very little, uh, very little information, number one. Number two, attention. Trainers were almost into the um, the kind of a, a really just strength training um, kind of a persona, and they did not um, really attend to the women's strength training programs that didn't really need to be that different, but their mental space kind of went in that direction, that they mm -hmm. thought something different. Now we know it's not the case. I mean, women and men can train together, but today's um, knowledge base is so much wider too. But just in those days, the attitude was a little different. And even today I notice, um, and not to be you know, very generalistic here, I'm sure there's lots of very good professionals in all fields. So I'll just caveat that right out. But the problem is that in general, you will find bifurcations of each division. For example, to me, fitness is one, and to you, probably it's the same thing. Fitness is fitness. Fitness is a person starts from point A, where their ability to do certain thing is underneath where they want it to mm -hmm. be. And then they go to point B, and they develop, a professional develops a plan for them, makes that point B practical, first of all. So maybe they yeah. should you know, get a better sense of what that is. And let's say like he wants to run a marathon or she wants to run a marathon. So let's get from A to B. You're not there yet, but let's get you there, B. Okay, so now people need to fill in that with the proper training, but that could be anything. That could be a hundred million things on the planet. That training could be your Peloton. It could be your cycling, indoor cycling. It could be, you know, swimming. It could be racquetball. It could be Pilates, yoga. Like there's so many ways you can get there. There's no, but- the one size fits all mentality makes it easier for the for fitness professional to dole out. And so that was the case a while back. Mm -hmm. um, and so I actually found that when, when I was trying to get fit, it was always one size fits all. And for 
women, sometimes it's hard to get there, to get started. Yeah. And even inside the fitness industry, there was this bifurcation of domains. Group fitness would not talk to personal trainers, weight trainers, because each group felt the group fitness training felt that the personal trainers were arrogant. I mean, just calling it like it is. This is the Mm -hmm. way I saw it. And the personal trainers thought group fitness was fluff. Now, you're going to call it fluff if there is, let's just, you know, hypothesize here. If there was a really overweight uh, woman who has been tending to her family over the course of time, that's how she got overweight. She got sedentary because she no longer has to do the things she used to do when she was a young mother. Let's just hypothesize here. And you're, and the, the only thing she can do is shuffle back at the back of the group fitness class. I will give her a gold star. Mm-hmm. And to me, she's just as strong as Arnold Schwarzenegger doing his reps because she took the step to her max ability. If that's the shuffling she's going to do, she's going to grow. She does that once a week. The fact that she got into the car, got herself to a group fitness class, stood at the back with all kinds of intimidation in the front Mm -hmm. with instructor included because there was a time when instructors were intimidating. That's not the case. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And so there, you know, I almost said at one point, and when I started my company, I said to myself, unfortunately, it's the fitness professional that's the problem. The industry is causing more problem. I mean, and now we're trying to hack away at those stereotypes. But this is a never ending problem because the stereotypes got lodged into people's psyche. Instagram is not helping with the non-professionals professing knowledge. And so this is the dichotomy stage we're at now, whereas women in less, you know, sticking to that demographic are up against a lot of things, body image being one of them. And a lot of the times my clients, all they need is an understanding voice. And I may give maybe inevitably, maybe I'll give the same information, but I'll give it to them from their point of view. In other words, Mm -hmm. I'm very empathic to their situation. If, If today's a day where it's laundry and shopping day, please, Go ahead and do it, but I will help you figure out how your fitness modality can fit into your laundry and shopping day rather than you saying, no, 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 no laundry and shopping for you, sister. You got to go and do your reps in the gym. Mm -hmm. Like, What mother is going to do that or grandmother is going to do that? In our demographic, a lot of them are sandwiched. Like today is my dad day. I have a 92 year old dad. So my brother and I both take care of him. He lives with my brother. So I go up there. So you'll see different backgrounds sometimes with me because it depends on where I am. And then there's others that are taking care of aging parents as well as aging kids. And you've got 20 year old fitness influencers because they're not trainers. They're not nutritionists. They don't really have anything other than that they did it, which isn't to discount that, but you, a 20 year old telling a 50, 60, 70 year old what to do isn't realistic. No, it doesn't work the same it doesn't right, work exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, what you do at 50 won't work the same at 60 or 70 even. Like you got to learn. And I don't know if like you can gear the exercise and start slow. Like I I don't know if you're at all like me, like because I was active when I was younger. So the, every time I tried to get back into fitness on something new, mm-hmm. my, 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 my old stuff is fine. But if I tried something new, like, okay, I'm going to do this 75 hard. I always end up hurting myself because I still think I could do what I did when I was younger. And I think someone like you probably tells people, take it slow, start slow. 
In fact, uh, it turns out, and you, you hit the nail right on the head, is that the fact is um, that as we age, it's not so much uh, the understanding of what your program is, you know, because when you're younger, what, you know, what's my program? And that's what the fitness, fitness person will do. And most of the time, to be honest, it's a cookie cutter program that he gave the last mm -hmm. 10 clients that they saw. But the point being here is that it's not the program as much as the mental space. Um, and mindset becomes a very pivoting trigger in the fitness journey. First of all, as you grow, a fact of life is as you age or as you grow older, like even from 10 to 20, to age yeah. 10 to age 20, stress increases because the number of things you have to keep in your mind at any given time, the number of people you know, the number of places, the number of items, remember, that has to happen during the day just increases. So mental space and bandwidth just becomes very, you know, has to be economic. And so you end up dropping things that aren't necessary. So one of the things is that if you have immediate family needs, like you're talking about obligations, um, those grow with that demographic. So mm -hmm. the family obligations and the, and the whole social space obligations uh, grow exponentially in that demographic. They're exponentially larger at over 50 than they were when you were 30. And so that's just a fact of life. So taking that into consideration, my model is your life, your world here in your circle and all the people you serve and all the things you have to do for work and social life, you have to fit the fitness into that world and figure out where in that world can you piece uh, first of all, it's there's no one size fits all. So what does the individual need? You have to assess them on an individual. They're people. They're human beings mm -hmm. with all kinds of different circumstances than the each person you saw before. Each client comes and presents with totally different parameters. Now, some of them are common, but not all. So you have to take that as an individual and say, if you get up at four because you have to do something for someone and that's your responsibility and you're, that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out that this person's going to be a dead dog by the time it's 7 p.m. So don't stick them in a training program at, at 7 p.m. and say, okay, you know, you, you could just do that before you go to bed. You know, what's wrong with you? You know, so that's the fitness industry's idea. My idea is you got a life, you got to live it. Why mm -hmm. do you need why do you even need to entertain people like you or myself in your life? Because you want to do that better. You want to go to your grandkids' home and pick them up and do whatever you need to do and spend valuable time, not time saying, Oh, I can't even see. I was like, where is this? Yeah. You know, like I'm tired. I I can't see what's going on here. Like, who are these people? Kind of thing. You want to be alive and vibrant for them and provide them with your being uh very present. So you want to use these as tools, nutrition, fitness, you know, physical exercise, you know, um, nutrition, stress management, sleep, and all these things that you need. Why do you pay attention to them so you can serve your world better? So the bottom line is, you know, you 2.0, basically, how do you make yourself the best version of yourself so that you can serve all the things you do that give you happiness, you mm -hmm. know, the feedback of seeing, you know, what you're saying is spending dad time. Okay, well, that gives you some element of feedback of happiness. So the you in that loop has to be functioning at a good quality. So 
you would do whatever you need to do. And that's the fitness uh, professional's job to figure out what that black box is for you, for Jolene. And mm -hmm. then figure out what it is uh, individualized so that in the minimum amount of time, so you're not doing reps and lifting weights to lift weights because that's a whole def different demographic of people. And exactly. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is there just di very different. And there and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your hobby, that's your thing. In fact, I get a high, but it's only after the few, few exercises exactly. <laughs> to get into it first. I had to play my music, get into the it's whole, that whole mindset of getting like once you is like getting there. And then once you start doing it, you're like, okay, now I feel better. It's relieving the stress, but it's getting there. Oh yeah. It's so I have a lot of, step. yeah. And I have a lot of tricks to, to do that. So just as an in, um, I don't know a lot of fitness professionals who actually enjoy, you know, the actual workout. I mean, they just <laughs> love getting, helping people and they know enough. So they've got the knowledge base to get people into the zone where they need to be. And they love helping people. And that's the two qualities. But the thing is about themselves is that they run out of gas because they uh, sometimes can't follow their own instructions of self-care and don't get enough sleep. You know, just mm -hmm. because their training world is, is, that's another total bucket of fish there. But the thing is that, you know, just prescribing things to get people to exercise. Now, I know, as I just said, even the fitness professional doesn't want it. So I've got a few tricks that I could share with your audience. The first thing please. is... <laughs> Sorry, please. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is, is it's a mental block that we have to get over. In other words, we have to grab our why and just hold on to it for dear life. Because I know that if I don't do the programs that are required of me and I've figured out for myself and done and set out for myself, if I don't do those, A, I feel horrible and I don't like feeling horrible. <laughs> so, and, and B, so you got to remember that though. I mean, when, yeah. when, it's, when it's my time, like I have, that's another trick I'm going to talk about later, this time thing, carving, but you know, you got to remember that. So when the time hits, you got to say to yourself, hey, do you want to hear horrible? No. Okay, then. <laughs> you know, you got to have that inner conversation with yourself. Not as dramatic as that, but, you know, you got to do that. But Sometimes it is, though. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then the second thing is that you, you're doing it, that why is to feel better. But the second why is that you all your moving parts have to function. <laughs> and there's only way you can do that is to grease it. <laughs> And the only way you can use it is to do your program. So, you know, suck it up by your cup. That could be something yeah. you say to yourself. But so that's number one. But now the trick. Okay, so you admit to yourself, got to do the workout. And you may roll your eyeballs and go, uh, uh, but you got to make it into a ritual. Now, a lot of people love, now that's becoming a common thing. A lot of people love their meditation and their yoga rituals. That's becoming a thing now. It used to be a very small segment of the population. Mm -hmm that now it's becoming more common to people to all you know create time space in the morning I see this all the time with people in, in their 20s and 30s actually carving out you know five ten minutes to just zen out kind of that's their word for it, their buzzword but to meditate and just try to figure themselves out a little bit spend some me time just carve out the five ten minutes in the morning uh to do that so carving out time is a thing it's a concept that they've kind of wrapped their head around okay if that's true then you've got to look coldly at your schedule like just be totally brutally brutally honest with yourself so pick a day of the week 
when you sit down with yourself and look at your week schedule like just map it out they do this with other things with their children's program activities with you know their whatever family obligations with their outside obligations with their work mm -hmm. obligations um their own travel time their own needs whatever needs to be done for the house and stuff like that so you might as well put in whatever fitness needs you need now a trainer can tell you uh, for example, if, if you're in the category of um, maybe just needing twice a week, depending upon who you are, what your personality is, what your needs are, a, per, a trainer can tell you what's the minimum amount of time you had to work out per week. And so mm -hmm. that's an important assessment that you need to go. First thing is look at your timetable so you can offer the trainer, you know, what times you know you have, well, how much time do you have? So when you go to a professional, you can say, hey, look, you know, realistically, this is my world. I have, you know, an hour, maybe two days of the week. And I, I know I don't live near a gym. I'm, you know, strapped for time. I'm stressed, got a big, you know, heavy job load and kid load and so on. So tell me what I got to do to get, you know, keep on this Ferris wheel of life. So they can sit with you and figure out what's the minimum thing you need to do because each person is different. So this one size fits all modality, unfortunately, along with the body image thing has stuck with our population because we grew up with, you know, checkout stand magazines that had, you know, try this ab workout. There's no, I got to tell you, honestly, there's no such thing. And it's just a myth. You cannot target one part of your body. It's mm -mm. the whole body has to get in the action. And yeah, you know, yeah, common sense, you and I can sit here and know that. But, you know, when you're strapped for time and your clothes aren't fitting you don't want to spend any more money on clothes and you're also got meetings coming up or parties coming up or family coming up that's looking really good because you're weak you're hungry you're at the checkout stand and I'll do this app workout unfortunately she never does it because no <laughs> yeah but she unfortunately put out the dough to buy that magazine got gypped for that um, and it's, if she ever did it, she'd be in pain and she'd be in the doctor's office because usually those are really bad. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, so bad advice all around. So those are myth-busting things that we have to fight against is A, a person who's fit doesn't look a certain way. It could look like a hundred different ways. That depends on who you are and where you're starting. Like mm -hmm. I said about the overweight mom who's been sedentary for a long time. If she's shuffling at the back of the class, she's just as fit as Arnold Schwarzenegger, because it's all relative of where you're starting. That's her level of fitness and kudos to her. You know, yeah. but this is often overlooked that you have to look a certain way or that, you know, this is what you need to do. So fitting in something at home workout is what I do. The second thing I, I do advise is, um, you know, so coldly looking at your time, talking to a fitness professional, what's the minimum I need? Where am I? Where I need to go? Got that. Now, how do you get yourself to an at-home workout? Let's say the trainer says, you don't have to waste time driving again because that's going to just not be a thing. I can create create a corner space in your home somewhere where you're undisturbed. Put on some tunes, you know, make sure you have to do favorite pop mm -hmm. playlist. So once, you know, two tricks, get yourself to that area, that dedicated area. Don't create the whole uh, house as a workout area. Don't, don't stagger your dumbbells around. There's an area in your house which is a workout area. That's where the tunes are. So you have to go there first and yeah. play the tunes. And then I always tell everybody, including myself, get past the warm up and then decide. 
So the warm up mm -hmm. will usually be about uh, four movement um, pieces that warm up the body that I give it all my clients. And they're, the time that the warm up segment takes is normally about five minutes, maybe 10 max, depending upon the human being. Again, again depends on the person who's involved, but max 10 minutes. So you're listening right. to your tunes. It's a 10 minute tune listen break. Don't think of it as your workout. Okay, I'm going to go upstairs. Uh, and, and you know, there's this thing. I got to also put a caveat about clothes. Now, people are intimidated about buying fitness clothes. There's, so there's two populations. One is people who are intimidated about buying fitness clothes because it, you know, very hip-hugging and skin-tightening kind of clothes that show where you're not a runway model. And yeah. nobody wants to be a runway model. We all know that world is totally messed up. So oh, I, I, li I lived it. I mean, I was not a runway model, but I was in fashion for years. You do not want to be a model. They oh, are thank miserable. You. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Oh, it's just totally, uh, let's not even go there. They're on a different yeah. uh, unhealthy planet like you wouldn't believe. But parking that. So my uh, advice is to just wear loungewear. Why don't you just wear your pajamas for one thing? I, I mean, as long as they're not getting in, in, you know, caught in yeah, something. In your way. <laughs> yeah. They don't have dangly ties or something. But if if it's comfortable, like just wear loungewear. Like that's my thing. Because you're going to be in loungewear in the evening anyway, like for dinner and feeding your kids and whatever you got to do. And there's nobody looking at you because you're at home. Like there's been times where I've just had, like I, I had like a dress I had put on, like a t-shirt dress. I'm like, oh, I can do some squats and do this. I'm like, who's going to care about my butt? There's nobody looking at me. Like, exactly. You don't, really need, to, you don't really need to even be dressed. So that's one less excuse you have because a lot of people say, I don't have the energy to go wear my workout clothes. And I'm like, I don't want you to wear If you're in loungewear at home in the evening, I'm not going to sweat you so that you're a marathon or, you know, you're going to sweat buckets and take another shower. I mean, if you do, you just take another shower. But I don't think that's going to yeah. happen. I mean, I'm just going to put you through some motion that will help you to be more mobile, more strong. Um, those are the kinds of things. And in the third piece of this puzzle that will help people is that just remember how you feel at the end, because I guarantee with any of my workouts that everyone I know, including myself, you feel great <laughs> at the end. You feel like you, I'm on top of Mount Everest. Hey everyone, you know, and then you go and you go, I can conquer my world. I got this. Mm -hmm. you know, I can do anything I want. So I think those are the three pieces of the puzzle. One is get real, talk to a professional. So with your realistic ask, assessment of where you are in your life, don't fit your fitness into your life. Don't let people say, this has got to be number one. Just figure out where you've got some time, even if it's, you know, half an hour, I got a half an hour on Saturday. Fine. Let me put it in there, you know, and mm -hmm. then talk to a trainer and tell them what you've got to work with. And then let them say, um, okay, let me do an assessment. And then I'll put both of those pieces together. Your assessment will tell the trainer what you need to get to your goal. So that'll be a discussion, a whole big thing about your you where you are, your goal, what you want to do. What is it that you can't do right now that you feel you want to be able to do? Those are the missing pieces that they need to know. Then they'll do a motion assessment. They'll watch you. They'll see how your body works. And I do this all through through mm -hmm. zoom and I taped them and I figured it out. It's just, I've got so many uh, case studies. Like I've got hundreds of case studies that I know how to do this through online, but some people can go with you in person too. And you can do an assessment with them in person. 
let them figure out and then let them fit, figure out how this is going to fit into your current schedule so that you don't miss a beat on life and that you don't have to give up anything. Um, and we all know from, you know, the nutrition point that you don't have to give up anything. You can fit yeah. everything into your, yeah, exactly. And be happy because happiness is the end result of personal training or fitness. It should not so, be the other way around. Do you recommend, okay, this is going to come from, do you recommend people being a lot more realistic in what their goals really are? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, fitness, I need to get skinny. I need to get toned. I need to do this. But I look at it more of, especially over 50. I mean, I'm in the over 50 club too, is it's not about the appearance anymore. It's about being strong, being mobile and being able to do things without injury or, you know, lifting groceries. You know, I'm one of those. I like to bring all the groceries in at once, but yep. am I strong enough to do that? Like things like that. I mean, is that, and how do you, like, how do you suggest people um, to look for somebody who's realistic like that? Cause there's not many, <laughs> most people are like, oh, well you got to do this and you got to do that to look this way or fit in those jeans when it's really shouldn't be about that anymore. It should be about being the healthiest mobile person you are now like into the future. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's excellent because uh, really that's where the mindset whole piece is. Now, the job of the trainer, which is um, not overtly talked about much, but should be, but it is one of the first jobs, as I said early, is that create a practical assessment and a practical mindset to the client that, you know, potential client that's going to approach you with their issues is to be the, the voice of reason, be the knowledge base and say, uh, and also nothing is impossible. I mean, you know, when you say um, want to fit into whatever, you know, uh, clothes that I had a while ago that I'm not because I was sedentary or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. aging happened in between or, you know, for whatever reason, let's just put that, part that. But the thing is that you say, you say I have a dress I want to fit into for this event that's coming up. Now, the first thing I tell a client is that's totally possible. Everything you want is possible, but it's the timeline. So there's two things. You can either change the goal or the timeline and just, you know, reason, make that more reasonable. So for example, let's say I want to, I mean, I'm a PhD in aerospace engineering. Suppose I want to design an aircraft. God knows I can, that's my training. But the thing is, what's the timeline for me to sit here, like suppose I start right after we finish our conversation. Mm -hmm. So the practicality, just because you have the knowledge and the ability, doesn't mean the practicality will determine the timeline of that thing. Could be a little uh, more time than is required by your own mindset. So one of the first things that people have to wrap their mind around is the timeline that's involved for something. What other obligations does the person have in their life? You know, this is why the piece of the life puzzle has to be solved first. And yeah. that that rationality and that realistic look, you know, gives them that realistic uh, understanding of, you know, and that's the other thing that they will solve through that is that why am I like I am? Like a lot of people are disappointed. A, as I can refer to before, is the constant bombarding of image, body image and incorrect mm -hmm. notion of, as you point out. There is no one fitness model, fitness status that looks physically in a certain way. In fact, I have a, a handout that people want if they want that how uh, a certain weight 
I have this handout where a certain weight can look uh, three different ways. A same person, a same way. Love it. Yeah. I, I'll and, uh, for you, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that's in the notes. But it, you just reminded me of something in, in you know, how we connected. You've heard the saying, we can only control the effort. We cannot control the outcome. <laughs> you know, like we might want to reach there, but we can only control the effort we put in to get there. Huh, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, this happens to, if anybody's traveled, they know this, you know, because you say, okay, I'm getting, it's a, just one plane. I'm taking only one plane to get from here to there. It's got to be easy as pie. And you will know that what happens to that one plane that could be, three planes because that one plane never made it so you're exactly. being, you know welcome to a city you didn't thought you were going to stay overnight in you know so the path is what we have control it's just a, you put it really well it's the path but we can keep the goal in mind and reassess mm -hmm. you know we can reassess the path and that's what the professional is about so i think what happened along the way or maybe from the get-go is the the role of the fitness professional got misdefined in the get-go because they all saw it as you're going to write me a program that I can never do, that I think is impossible, that doesn't fit into my schedule, that doesn't take into account any of the fact that I've never lifted a weight in my life or done a fitness class in my life. You know, if I prescribe a group fitness, some, for example, and they've never stepped into it, oh, forget that. It's yeah. not going to happen. Just you can put money down that that Girl's not going to go to that class. So all of those you've not taken into account. So they're not people who write up prescriptions blindly. I might as well be blindfolded if that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. and just, you know, for the last 10 clients, okay, you can have that one, same one. You know, it could do that. But that's not the goal. The goal is that it's a very hard problem to solve. I want to go from A to B. It's like seeing a travel agent, you know. if this is a I want to go from here to here. <laughs> Right, but everybody thinks it's a straight line when it kind of goes like this. Well, yeah, because life, because life gets in the way is what they say. But to me, life is life. You got to fit this into your life. You got to massage it in. Um, and so if if your week is really bombarded with meetings, with you know obligations, with your social life, which you should never, uh, you know, kind of challenge your social life and say I'm gonna get rid of one thing in order to go to the gym. Yeah. That's not a thing that should ever happen to anybody on the planet. That's just rude. And that's just the whole reasoning. It's like the cart before the horse kind of thing. You get a little more fit so you can do all the things. And as you pointed out, have energy to do all the things without uh, hurting part of your body. So as you point out, you know, you, you, you said it in jest, but I have clients who have taken groceries out of their car, got hurt, called me. We set up a program, got rid of what's going on with them what muscles were not firing okay your program isn't addressing that so let's fix this you know let's write something mm -hmm. and, and in a couple of hours if they've been working out with me for a while in a couple of hours we can solve the problem get them back pain-free and their family never even knew they had an injury that day and this has happened literally that what some women called me on their dog walk because they did something to their ankle somehow stepped on something got some crazy thing, couldn't walk back home, called, texted me from the thing. And then I told them a few things. So the poor doggy, you know, got wound up in a dog park somewhere where they were just trying to stretch this out and figure out what they needed to do. And I gave them some movement exercises, 
gave them some things to do while they're in the dog park and then just got themselves out of the pain so that they could get themselves home. That's all I was interested in. Get the doggy yeah. and yourself home safely. And then we'll take care of like why this happened in the first place. So those are the it's amazing how dogs can be detrimental to a lot of us. Mine, mine actually tripped me the other night trying to get him out. He got in between my legs and oh. down to the floor, but you know, it's, it's light. Like it's just light. You know, they're just it's playing. Just they don't like. They can't see the three sixty. Like, oh, I can't move like that. I'm not a basketball player. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, no, it's it's amazing how like little things, and and I just want to point this out. Like as we age, especially if you haven't been active for longer periods of time, like you might have been really active in your youth and in your twenties, and then it started winding down in your thirties and forties. Injuries happen because we might have been overactive when we were younger and then stopped being active now. So the wear and tear wasn't supported by the muscle built because we've lost the muscle. We need to support that. And that's one of the reasons why I was very excited to have you on was to help get this exercise portion because it's not about, I mean, it can be about looking great, but it should be about being functional. Well, that could be a follow-up. You know, I've noticed a yeah. lot of clients, um, you know, that could be a added bonus that you end up looking good because your estimate of how you looked before was in the non-fit zone. So it has nothing to do with, you know, um, body image. It has more to do with the fact that you're now toned up and all the muscles are working. So a fallout of having a fit body, what does a fit body mean? And I think when people think about that, they get this incorrect image of being svelte and having this really yeah. body hugging clothes that don't show any body fat. That's not true. That's a really extreme. I mean, you don't even know if they've gone to doctors to get their body at all. You don't know the backstory. You don't know them. You don't know no. what kind of life they live. So that's really bad when we go by externals. We all know about the external image not being representative of what's going on. It's not. So, yeah, but your point is valid that once you end up doing the practical things to get through your day. Now, you're uh, bringing up a really good point. You know, people who are really active in their youth had some kind of sedentary portion of their life because of circumstances and because they just hate exercise and working out until they felt the need so again I point right at the industry because they made the exercise portion uh make a bad like a bad medicine they made the whole thing like going to the gym was it's punishment punishment right exactly mm -hmm. so that's where we have to just like the body image piece and the exercise piece of spot reducing um all these myths have to be busted in the mindset so we have to work on the mindset first that you know doing reps of some exercise is not a punishment for you it's building up your muscle group so that when you take the groceries out of the car and turn around you haven't suddenly hurt yourself so that you can't carry it up the stairs and now you're in limbo because nobody can hear you and nobody's home and here you are and you've got this bag of groceries so yeah. I think the point being is that if you go into maintenance mode, which a trainer like myself can give anyone a piece of information that they would need, the minimal amount of things they need to do to keep them uh, so that they can live life without pain, 
then I think that's the missing piece and they need to make that the goal. Um, and forget history because we know even Olympic athletes and we see them on, you know, kind of advertising products on TV and we go, wow, he looks different, you know, and he was really, <laughs> was really thin and had low body fat when he was, mm -hmm. when we were watching him on the Olympics, you know, they, they look very different because that's a, a whole different ball game of 24 seven lifestyle. They don't have a life. They're just doing this for the, that's Olympics. all they do. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and the thing I look at exercise and a lot of what I'm hearing from you as well is, is a, a lot of what I teach in the nutrition world. Focus on doing it to feel better and let the appearance be the side effect, the weight loss, the toning. That's the side effect of getting yourself healthy. Exercise is an important part of health. Right. But the, and I love the mindset piece because that like all of us get stuck in our own brains sometimes. I can't do it. It's too hard. It's too yeah. much. I don't have the time. Yeah. And I always tell people when you keep saying you don't have the time, it means eventually that you just aren't making it a priority because well, everybody should be able to find twice, twice a week for 30 minutes. You can squeeze it in somehow. You just have yeah. to give up maybe a half hour of TV. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with that because um, I always say to clients or, you know, even myself, if I say I don't have time for something, I just say, well, you seem to have found town to eat lunch. Where did that suddenly appear from? Yeah, You were hungry enough to eat lunch. So how come you had time, you know, then and now you're saying, yeah. So, I mean, I think time, you're right, is a prioritization game. And if you say you don't have time for something, it just means... I don't think this is important enough. So the piece of the puzzle you have to do is at that point is to say to yourself, now, why is this important again? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, then, then it becomes, yeah. you know. You've got to make yourself a priority. The bottom line is, and it's one of the things I try to get across more and more, is yeah. exercise might not be a priority. Eating healthy might not be a priority. But for you to stay healthy, you're the priority and you have to do those two things to stay healthy. Yeah. So yeah, but me and all of this, the the thing that's serving the world, you know, the person that's getting up in the morning, the person that's serving, doing all the things that they enjoy or, or may not enjoy, but want to do, you know, you, you do the things you want to do for a reason. There's always a reason for doing something. It's an end game. And so I think that that thing has to work properly. It's like your car. I mean, if your car isn't running, then it doesn't matter, you know, what, what you're doing because you can't get anywhere to do all the things you want to do so you know we spend time and energy keeping our car running so that we can do all the things so similarly we have to work on our own engine you know make sure our engine is working properly so that we can do all the things and giving things a bad name uh doesn't help because um the history of the fitness industry is that it does make exercise into as you said punishment it makes um fitness into a body image problem it makes it into a clothes fitting problem mm -hmm. it makes it into a what's wrong with you problem that there is a problem well, now it's the industry hasn't served you then it's the industry's problem you find a professional that will help you you just keep looking you know and i'm willing to help anyone but the thing is that they've got to make that mindset shift to saying that they're important and if not, then I'd like to know why. Why are you mm -hmm. feeling that you're not important? Because that's an important piece too. That that's key. Is why don't you think that you're you're important enough to take care of you? Yeah, that's and important. that's 
that's where we start all having to do the work ourselves because yeah I mean, I mean I there's lots of it's struggle for everyone it's not you know as we're talking here it's like I don't want anyone to think that we have it all figured out it's a struggle for everyone exactly it's a work in progress I mean even you can ask any fitness professional about their own workouts and their own sleep schedule and their own nutrition and they will tell you that that's a work for them too just because they're knowledgeable about it doesn't mean that they've got it figured out for themselves they just know how to dole out the information for others so that they can supply the world with the information it needs to help their clients be that person they need to be mm -hmm. in a safe manner. So safety is another thing. People can say, I can get a workout on the internet. Sure you can, but you can also go to your doctor's office the next day because you heard something. And let me tell you, you know, doctors these days are very strapped and they're not going to be able to help you. They will send you to a chiropractor, physio, or an R a massage therapist. And unfortunately, they will not send you to a rehab trainer, which is what I am. But the point mm -hmm. being here is that they just don't have the bandwidth to say, what exactly is wrong with you? You got pain, go to a pain specialist. I mean, one of these traditional uh, points of contact, but a rehab trainer can probably fix your problem in less time because the modality of chiropractors, physiotherapists, and massage therapists is that they will only do a temporary fix. And they will give mm -hmm. you a set of exercises for you to practice on. And then there's the bad word again, exercises. And they will not motivate you. They're not going to call you after. There's no accountability. Your problem. So with my fitness model, what I do is I assess. I give them what can fit in their life. That's another thing. And if if what they need can't fit in their life, then we have another conversation. You know, what they need may be um, something else or what their desire to be, their goal, end goal might need to be modified. These are all important things to keep in mind. And I also provide one of the key pieces that women over 50, I find need is accountability. That's yes, one of the biggest absolutely. things. Yeah. You need someone to talk to. In some, in some cases, they get healthy just by having this conversation with me. In fact, mm -hmm. all it takes is a few sessions. And we find from unraveling that we both tend to understand that all it was was a conversation. Nobody's listening to me. And all of a sudden, somebody's listening to me. And somehow that seems to help as well, you know? Uh, so there's many pieces to this puzzle that need to be unraveled. Absolutely. And um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I probably will be in touch maybe to have you back in a few months to see how things are going or what else you can offer my listeners. Um, where can anybody find you? Oh, yeah, for sure. My website is getshanti.com. That's G-E-T-S-H-A-N-T-I.com. Um, and they can get me on Instagram at over50fitness with Hema. And that's my Instagram handle. And they can see where my posting is there. I have a course coming up in the new year called uh, Path to Being Pain-Free. If any of you are suffering from pain issues and you're in the over 50 uh, demographic, I encourage you to look that up. That is on my website as well. Is also, um, I am offering a Black Friday 20% off that course price in case people are interested. And that promotion will come on my Instagram handle so they can catch me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I really appreciate it. I've learned a lot. I hope everybody else has. And um, I, I, look forward to talking, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, Jolene. Nice talking. Thanks. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you got some nuggets to take on your health journey. Remember, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. No medical advice is being given. By listening to this podcast, you agree to the full disclaimer, which is linked in the show notes. 
If you found this podcast helpful, could you take 30 seconds and leave a review? Your feedback means the world to me and it helps others discover my show. Once again, thank you for being part of my community. Until next time, have a blessed day.